and amen. You guys can have a seat here today. And uh, hey, it is good uh, to see you uh, here. And uh, let me just say this, because I was uh, not here on the 31st last Sunday. And uh, so this is the first Sunday of the new year. Can we just say, look to your neighbor and tell them, Happy New Year. I know that we're already kind of a week into the new year, so you probably don't say Happy New Year much now. That's kind of what you do, you know, 31st, 1st, that kind of thing. And uh, But listen, I hope that you had a happy new year. My family uh, spent Christmas and New Year's down uh, in Florida uh, last week, and it was uh, it was awesome. We had a great time with both sets of our families, and uh, just a really, really good time with each one of them, but it was good to be back. I am thankful uh, for our pastoral staff. And just uh, when I need to be away or whatever, and for them to be able to step in and communicate God's word. And I know Pastor Bailey did a great job last week, and we are blessed to have him uh, in our in our church, and we are blessed to have Pastor David as well, and uh, have just more than capable people to be able to handle God's word uh, and things like uh, that. And so we don't say this all the time. I do want to welcome everybody watching online as well, and uh, we're also on Truth Network as well. So if you're watching on there, we are grateful that you have tuned in uh, here uh, here today, and I appreciate uh, everyone uh, jumping in to our service here this morning. Uh, James chapter 1, if you have your Bible, uh, James chapter 1, while you're turning there, I want to invite you. Uh, next week, uh, there is something special that we want every person in here to be a part of, if you can, uh, at 9 a.m., so that is before our 10 a.m. service, 9 a.m., we are all going to meet Right here in the auditorium, uh, all the Bible fellowship classes are all going to come in. Student and adult Bible fellowship classes will all meet in here combined uh, right before our 10 a.m. worship service. And we're going to have a forward uh, in faith uh, update uh, just to give you an update of where we are uh, with our program and uh, give you the timeline, give you a more updated cost that we have got plans, the whole nine yards, you're going to be able to see it, and that is all happening next Sunday at nine o'clock. You say, I am not in a Bible fellowship class. Uh, for whatever reason that is, we still want to invite you to come and be a part of that, and uh, that's all going to take place right in here from nine to about 9.45, uh, and then we will transition and still have our 10 a.m. service and things like that. We want you to be a part of it, and uh, I'm excited to be able to share some things about what God uh, is doing uh, in, in that program and how we're about to get things rolling very, very shortly. And I'm really looking forward uh, to that. And so be here next Sunday, 9 a.m. If you, if you would. Well, James chapter 1, and uh, it's the first Sunday of the new year, so congratulations. You have been here 100% of the time, and we are thankful for that. And uh, we are glad that you uh, are, are here this morning. And, uh, you know, when we think of a new year, and uh, anytime we're talking about this, we think of kind of New Year's resolutions, or, or possibly if you're against the word resolutions, goals, or, or anything uh, like that. Just so that I know who I'm talking about uh, here today, how many of you have already, and be honest, there's no judgment in this room, how many of you have already broke the resolution that you made or the goal that you made this year, okay? A few of us in here are like, you know, that's us. How many of you would be honest and say, you know what, I made a few goals this year and I haven't even started them, okay? A few of you in here, okay, I'm with you. I get that. And uh, how many of you would say when it comes to resolutions in the new year or goals in the new year, you're like, look, I'm not setting any of them because I already know that I'm going to fail, so I set the bar 
bar really low so that I'm, I'm happy with myself. How many of you? Okay. And uh, so that's a few of us. I get it. I understand it altogether. And regardless of how you feel about uh, goals, regardless of how you feel about resolutions, I do think anytime you have a new year, it's a time for us to refocus. It's a time for us to rethink about some things. And so today we are talking and we are starting a brand new series. So it's a great day to be here on the start of a new series uh, called Priorities. Can we all say that word together? Priorities. Now, one of my pet peeves uh, in life, and I feel like I actually do this, so like even though it's a pet peeve of mine, I find myself doing this, is every time I feel like I ever, it doesn't matter who I'm talking to, if I talk to somebody and say, hey, how you been? You know what I hear every single time? Busy, right? How many of you say that's usually what you say, right? That's how I am. If you ask me how you been, how, how was your week? Here's what I usually say, busy, busy, right? We're all very, very busy. We have a thousand things uh, to do. We have a ton of things on our to-do list. And, and I don't know if you're like me, sometimes when you have a very busy schedule, uh, do I have any people that just can't say no to things? You just say yes to whatever is asked of you. Anybody in here? That's kind of how I am. So it's just like you come up, ask me to do something. I'm like, sure, that's whatever. You want me to help coach a the second team or whatever, I'll do it, you know, and, and next thing you know, I'm complaining about how busy I am, but I said yes to, to all of the things that I, I'm kind of, kind of doing, but here's what I want you to know about your schedule and about my schedule. Every one of us is busy, every single one of us. There's not a person in this place that is not busy. We all have things to do. We all have a long to-do list. We have a lot of things that we want to be able to do. But here's what I've learned is that when you have so many things that you're trying to get done, it is important and vital that we prioritize the things that matter most. The things that matter most most to us. And what we're going to do here in this series over the next four weeks is we are going to look at some priorities, things that you and I need to prioritize in order to have a successful spiritual walk with Christ. And today from James chapter 1, our very first thing that we need to prioritize is this, the priority of the word. The priority of the word. And by the way, every single priority that we're going to look at, it's for all of us collectively. It's for every single person. It's person to your right, they need it. It's person to your left, they need it. You, you need it. Every single person in this place, when we look at this, these are things that all of us need to prioritize in our spiritual life. The book of James talks about that here in James chapter 1. In fact, if you look at the book of James, and I, I love the book of James, and I think it's, it's preached from a lot because of the practical nature of the book. In fact, many people would say that James is the New Testament counterpart to the book of Romans. So many of you, you might do a Romans, or, a, a, or I mean the Old Testament book of Proverbs, sorry. Um, it, many of you do like a Proverbs a day, and the reason why that's so popular is because Proverbs is so ultra practical to your everyday life, your everyday experience. Well, many would say the book of James is just the New Testament counterpart to that because the book of James is so practical about your everyday, 
your everyday life. In fact, the book is talking about that if you have faith, if you know Jesus as your Savior and you're a born-again follower of Jesus uh, here today, that the book of James would say that that will be revealed in how you live. It'll be revealed in your behavior. It'll be revealed in what you desire. It'll be revealed in how you talk. And what he says here in James chapter 1, whether you're a follower of Jesus, it will be revealed in how you approach the Word of God. In how you approach the Word of God. That's what he says, verse number 18. It says, of his own will, chapter 1, verse number 18, of his own will begot he us with the Word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any man be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass. Verse number 24, For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he bring not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This man shall be blessed in his deed. If any man among you seem to be religious, and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. Now, here's the point. James is really laying on our approach to the Word of God uh, very, very seriously. He mentions three different phrases for, uh, or really descriptions of the Word. The first one that you see is in verse number 18, and here's what, he's called, what he calls the Bible. He calls it this, the Word of Truth. Let me tell you by way of introduction here today that the Scripture that we hold in front of us here today is the infallible, inerrant Word of God. And so what that means is that we believe that there is absolutely no error or mistake in the Word of God. It is truth. And sometimes when you see truth, um, you might have an opinion about it, but what we have to understand and what we're going to see and what James is trying to get all believers to understand is that what the book says contains truth whether you like or agree with it or not. And that's what he's saying. He calls it the Word of Truth, but not only that, he calls it in verse number 21, the engrafted Word, the engrafted word. That word, or really, it just means implanted. It means implanted. Uh, it has really the same meaning when it says the engrafted word from when Jesus used the parable of the sower. If you remember when Jesus talked about the seed and how, you know, some seed fell upon good ground, some seed fell upon rocky ground, some seed fell upon upon thorny ground, and, and as the seed was, the seed was the word of God, and as it was kind of going out, we need to allow the seed, the word, to take deep root into our heart. So he talks about it as the word of truth, the engrafted word, and then he says in verse number 25, here's his last description here in this passage of, the, of what the Bible is, the perfect 
law of liberty. The perfect law of liberty. Isn't that interesting? He mentions really these descriptions. The, the word is perfect. In other words, it's an error and it has no mistake. But then he says it provides liberty. See, this meant something specifically to the, the Jews that were reading this letter uh, from James. This is so important for them because many of them, they were used to all the Old Testament law and the Old Testament bondage that they were in trying to uh, keep every, uh, everything that the law said. And what James is saying here in James chapter 1 is that Jesus came and fulfilled the law and the word of God now liberates us and sets us and sets us free. And so when he talks about the word, he uses the word of truth, the engrafted word, and the perfect law of liberty. And then he goes on to tell us that the word of God should be a priority in each one of our our lives. And it should be a priority in, in your life. And I want to talk about that for just a few moments that we have here today. The first thing I want you to see if you're taking notes is this. The nature of making the word a priority. The nature of making the word a priority. First, what we see about the nature of why we should make this a priority, we have to receive the word. We have to receive. Now, I know this sounds simplistic, and it is. And I know this sounds like, duh, pastor, we get it. And yes, that is true, but we have to receive the word. You see, James here in James chapter 1, he's pointing out a very important difference between hearing and receiving. Between hearing and receiving. You see, I want you to understand here today that many of us, we have gathered here today, and every single one of you, are going to hear the Word of God preached today. But not every single one of you are going to receive the Word of God that is preached today. You see, James is saying that there's a difference between hearing. All of us have gathered today, and, and I don't know what your church background is, but perhaps you've kind of gathered here today because this is just what you do, and this is what, what we're supposed to do. And since a kid, maybe, you, you just knew, hey, I need to be at the church, possibly every time the doors were open. And what has happened in your life is, is you have just started coming, and, and you fill a, a seat uh, every single Sunday, and you have your spot, and, and this is where you go every single week, and everybody knows it. But here's the thing. My question to you is, are you hearing the Word, or are you receiving the Word? Because what you're going to see here in James chapter 1, James is saying that there's a difference. That many of us, we can fill churches all around our community every single week, but at the end of the day is that it is up to us to receive it and allow the word to fall on the ground that we have. Matthew chapter 13, when Jesus was talking about the parable of of sowing the seed uh, that we referenced a second ago, when he was talking about this, here's what he says in verse number 13 of Matthew chapter 13. He says, Therefore, speak out of them in parables. Why? Because they seeing, they see not, and hearing, they hear not not, neither do they understand. You see, what Jesus was saying is that audibly listening to the word is not enough. You have to receive it. You can be here today and not actually receive 
what is being taught to you here today. Let me let me illustrate it uh, to you. This past week, um, I, I, my wife she called me. I always get nervous when I tell stories like this because I haven't ran. Normally, I run my stories by Abby uh, to make sure everything's okay. And uh, she normally corrects me afterwards if I ever tell personal stories. But I have not done this. I'm doing this cold turkey. I've not told her I was going to share this. But this past week, uh, and it's not bad, babe, so don't get nervous, okay? So, um, but here's the thing is earlier this week is um, Abby called me, and I was in my office, and I had my laptop up, and I was in the middle of something, so I was kind of typing, and I was working, and she called me, and I knew I was busy, and I knew, but you know, when your wife calls, you have to pick up. That's kind of a rule of thumb, and so it's one of those things. So I was busy. I knew I was doing something. I had a thought that I was kind of putting down onto the computer, and I was focused, and so my wife called me, and so I was like, okay, cool, and it didn't seem too important at first, and so she called me, and, uh, and so what I did was I put my phone on speed phone and laid it on my desk. And, and so, and I just continued to kind of do my thing. And so she was telling me about, we have a, a, a meeting um, in Grady Hall tonight. And so she was telling me to text someone to make sure that the room gets set up before, uh, before um, the meeting tonight. And so she kind of is explaining all this, but remember, I'm deep into thought and in what's going on in my computer. And so at the end, and I didn't really hear, I could audibly, I knew she was talking, but I didn't know what she was saying. And then she said, at the end of all that, she said, do you understand? And here's the thing. I don't know if you've ever been there, men. Have you ever had your wife who's said a lot of things to you? And you've kind of just brushed it off like you can just say yes every about 30 seconds and, and she's going to assume that you're paying attention and things like that. But when they ask you a question like, do you understand? I'm like, I don't even know what she asked me to do. Like, <laughs> so I just kind of abruptly was like, sure. <laughs> and, and so she was like, Josh, you sound like you have no idea what I just said. She called me out on it. And so I told her I was busy, and, uh, and I kind of, you know, in my fragmented way of trying to repeat what she was trying to say, she had to retell me again because here's the problem. And this is what a lot of us do around church and around anytime Scripture is mentioned. We can audibly hear, but we're not receiving you see, some of us are no different than me on that phone call. You show up to church, and it's as if you're busy doing your own thing. You're, like, your mind's in a hundred different um, spots here today. You're thinking about your week. You're thinking about your afternoon. You're thinking about what's a good place to eat lunch. And th Okay, that's, I mean, there's probably truth there. And so, But you're thinking about all these different things, right? And, and your mind's in a hundred different places, and what you're doing is it's, in essence, like you're just putting the Word of God on speakerphone while you keep staying busy doing what you're doing, and you might audibly hear that, that the Word's being preached or the Word's being read, but you're not taking any of it in. You're not receiving anything that the Word has to say. And that's what James is saying. He says, don't be a hearer, be a doer. And so you say, what does receiving the word look like? What does this even mean? How do I know if I'm receiving the word of God in my life, whether that be at church or whether that be in our, our personal uh, relationship with Christ? How do we even know if it's good? He gives us a perfect 
guide or a perfect playbook here for some practical stuff about how we can receive the word. Verse number 19, he gives us several of them. The first thing you need to do if you want to be ready to receive the word, you have to eliminate distractions when the word is being read. You got to eliminate distractions. This is ultra practical. You got to eliminate distractions when the word is being read. That's what he means in verse number 19 when he says, Hey, listen, when we're talking about the word, we need to be swift to hear. Swift to hear. You know what being swift to hear means? Here's what James means we have to be ready, focused, and in a position to receive what God has for us in his word you got to be in a position to receive it. we got to eliminate distractions. You say, what in the world does, what, what are the distractions that we have in life, right? For many of us, and, and I'm, a, I'm, I'm big on my phone as well, and, and I get it, but for many of us, we struggle to, to really receive because we cannot stop, like, looking at our phone. And and I'm not judging, but what I'm saying is this, is that some of us, we use this time and we feel good about ourselves because we've showed up and we can check this off of our to-do list this week. But if you spend this hour just kind of looking at your phone, it's as if you've just put the Word of God on speakerphone for just a few moments and you're not focused on anything God has to say to you. Or how about in your personal life? I used to do this all the time. I grew up in church. Many of you, if you've call our church your home. You've heard my story a thousand times. And so I grew up around church my whole life. I've been around church people my whole life. And so that's all that I know. And so growing up, I, I went to every youth conference. All We used to call the real serious ones youth rallies and stuff like that. And so you, we, I went to everything. And, and so I was always at it, and I would go to these things. And here's what they would always tell me. They would say, you got to read the Bible every day. And we would sing about it. And if you read your Bible and pray every day, you're going to start at the bottom, and you're going to slowly grow as the song gets older and stuff like that. And so I would sing these things and everything. So what I would do is I'd go home to my house. I had no plan. I I didn't know what to do. And so I would just say, all right, I'm going to start reading. And you know what a lot of times I would do is I'd be like, all right, I'm going to read right before I go to bed, you know, and so it's like whatever time I was going to bed, I would like lay down on my bed, head on my pillow, Bible in hand. And next thing you know, have you ever been there? It's like your Bible like drops on your face because you're just like, what just happened? I can't even remember what I was doing. I can't remember what I read. And so you go back and read it again and, and different things like that. You know what I wasn't doing? I wasn't being swift to hear. I wasn't eliminating distractions in my life. For some of you, this year, 2024, you need to start off your year with a personal relationship with God. That's going to make the difference. Sunday morning is not enough for you. It's not enough for your spiritual life, for you to get through the week. you got to have a time in God's Word every single day. Families, you need it. Your children need it. Every single one of you. And what I'm going to tell you is, if you do that, go out of here and try to apply that. Don't go out of here and try to bring that into your life along with all the distractions around it. Turn off the phone for a few minutes, right? Don't lay on your bed if you know that you're going to fall asleep. Be in a position, find a place where your mind can focus for a few minutes to read what God has for you. 
Okay, One of the worst things for me to ever try to do is really try to study and read my Bible when my son is anywhere near me. He doesn't understand. Like, like if I ever have my Bible out and I'm trying to read something or whatever, he's like, hey, Dad, like literally, he asked me this, and I was studying for something, and he told me this this week. He said, hey, Dad, he came up to me, and I'm literally, I got my Bible out, got my laptop out, I'm focused or whatever. I'm deep into thought. I'm studying for a sermon. Here's what he asked me. He said, hey, Dad, you want to do some NBA trivia real quick? Nope, I don't. Now's not the time. And so, but here's what I'll tell you. is like there comes a time where for you, if you're going to receive what God wants to share with you in, in the word of God and you want him to speak, I, I believe, I don't know everybody's story in here, but I believe every single one of you want God to speak to you this year. If that's you, can you at least nod and agree? Every one of us do. Then we have to eliminate some distractions in our life so that we are ready to receive the word, be swift to hear. But he doesn't stop there in verse number 19 we got to stop talking and start listening. He tells us to be slow to speak. Now, this is where a lot of us struggle with. Verse number 19, he, he says, be swift to hear, eliminate those distractions, be ready to receive the word, but now we got to be slow to speak. You know why some of us don't feel God speaks to us the way that we want him to? It's because some of us will not shut up long enough for him to say something to you. Some of you think your time with God is just you saying everything about your life to him. And I believe that's a part of it. But you have to allow and have some space built into your quiet time and your devotional time each and every day where you can be quiet and silent and allow him through his word to speak to you. You know what would be a good practice for all of us? Some of us need to, Psalms chapter 46, be still. If you're like me, you struggle with that, right? I wake up and I'm ready to go. We got to be still. For some of us, we got to stop. We got to stop talking. We got to stop thinking. We got to stop working. And we got to be still and allow him to speak to us. And then this one's interesting. Verse number 19, he says, slow to wrath or anger. Let me tell you this, that not only do we need to eliminate distractions, we need to stop talking and start listening to what he has for us. But let me just tell you this. Don't get angry at what you find in Scripture. Some of us struggle with that, right? Listen, you read the Bible long enough, there's going to be a lot of passages that you're kind of like, okay, I don't really like that. That's a little too hard. I don't really want to apply that. That's something way different. I mean, the Scripture is going to tell you to forgive those who don't deserve it. How many of you that comes absolutely natural? Anybody? Okay. No one. We're a very forgiving church if you're a guest family here today. Listen, none of us. Forgiveness is not something. When I read that, I'm not thinking, I'm like, oh, man, I love that. Man, that's so easy. That's so good. You know, that's really good. Or how about this? Be kind to people. Or how about this one? Submit. You know what the scripture says? And I know when you use the word submit, many men are like, this is what I want them to do. Preach it, brother. And so yeah, we're not talking about that. You know what the scripture says? We're supposed to submit to one another. In the church. Woo! I don't like that. We're in a Baptist church, too. That's one verse that a lot of us were like, okay, let's move on. I'm really good at a lot of other verses, but the whole submit one another thing, not a fan of that. Listen, if you read Scripture long enough to know, you're going to see some things that are going to challenge how you think. And it's going to challenge even how you feel. It's going to challenge what you even want to believe. And here's what James is saying. 
is that as we receive the word, if it comes to something that you don't like or that you don't feel comfortable with, the word is truth. And you got to receive it as truth. Don't get mad about what you see. Take it for what it, what it is. And then he says in verse number 21, he, he says, so don't get angry, be, be quick to, or swift to hear, slow to speak. And then he says this in verse number 21, wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. I'll tell you this, we need to spiritually prepare for receiving, your, receiving the word. That's what he means by this phrase, superfluity of naughtiness. Just out of curiosity, how many of you have used the phrase this week, superfluity of naughtiness? <laughs> Nobody? Is that not how you talk to your kids? Like when my kids do something wrong, I'm like, hey, get rid of the superfluity of naughtiness. I'm going to start using that. That's going to be good. Lindley, you better be ready, all right? But here's the thing. We don't use that phrase a lot. And I understand many of you kind of read through that and you're like, I don't even really know what that means. Sounds a little crazy. But here's what what the phrase means. I want you to understand this because this is a super important thing when it comes to our approach to God's word. The phrase actually carries on, this is so good, it carries on the idea uh, of like overflowing with wickedness. And it paints the picture of like a garden that is full of weeds. And, And just this garden, there's weeds everywhere, there's weeds overflowing the garden. And here's what James is saying is as we approach the Word, as we receive the Word, when the Word's open, whether that be at church on Sunday, uh, church on Wednesday, or Bible study during the week, or in your own life every single day, seven days a week, whenever the Word is open, here's the thing. He says, don't be and receive like a garden that is overflowed with weeds. The reason some of us can't hear the voice of God in a lot of times in our relationship with God, here's why, I'm just going to be honest with you, is because your garden is overflowing with weeds in it. And the point is, is that we got so much sin and dirt and brokenness in our life that we refuse to deal with, and what happens is we come to God's Word and we're like, why in the world is my experience in God's Word not the same as so-and-so's and not the same as this person? I want what they have. And it could possibly be that you're receiving it no different than just a garden full of weeds. And we have so much sin in our life that we're not receiving what He has for us. Don't receive it with sin. we got to approach God's word. Remember, I mean, Pastor Bailey referenced this. We just came through it if you're in our Wednesday night Bible study, the tabernacle, right? The priest, there was a whole ritual before they could ever go into the presence of God. There was this whole purification time for the priest where he had to purify himself multiple times as he carried in the sin of the children of Israel before a holy, righteous God. Why do we just assume that for all of us that we can just live with sin and sin and sin and just overflowing with sin and worldliness in our life and think that we can come into a presence of an almighty, holy God and that he's just going to speak to us in those moments? we got to prepare ourselves. I wonder how many of you prepared yourself before you came to church today. That's easy for me to say I'm a pastor. Before I became a pastor, I'm just going to be straight with you. I showed up at church, and I I was just walking in, just not even thinking about the day hardly at all. I'd walk right into church, sit on my seat, and sometimes the Holy Spirit would just get a hold of my heart. And other times I'm like, why in the world did he not speak to me today? Perhaps it's not because he's not speaking. 
perhaps it's because I came in with a, like a garden full of weeds and sin in my life, and I had so many distractions in my life that I, I just couldn't hear what he had for me that day. You see, that's the point. That's what receiving the word looks like. It. We have to receive the word as truth, and we have to obey the word. We have to receive the word as truth, and we have to obey the word. So you say, okay, I got it. Receive the word. That's what I'm going to do. 2024, we're going to do just that. Well, the second thing I want you to see is this, the results of making the word a priority. I want you to see specifically what he says here in James chapter 1. If you choose, if you choose as a family that this year we are going to make the word of God a priority, we're going to turn off the TV for a few moments, we're going to you know, silence or turn off our phones for a few moments. We're going to gather around, and we're going to read the Word possibly as a family for just a couple moments. I'm going to get up uh, a little bit earlier, sacrifice a little bit of sleep so that I can read some more. Right? We're going to be focused. We're going to you know, eliminate all distractions. We're going to spend a moment in prayer before. What's going to happen? What, what, what's my life going to look like if I say yes to that this year? The first thing we find in verse number 26 of James chapter 1, you're going to exercise self-control. Look at what he says in verse number 26. If any man among you seem to be religious, remember, this is coming off the, the coattails of, of uh, him talking about being doers of the word. And, and, and if you, you know, look at the word and it says something you should change about yourself and you're just like, no, I'm not going to do it. You're no different than a person who looks at the mirror in the mornings and sees all the mess that is there. And you just show up to work and be like, hey, here I am with all this mess and everything. He says a lot of us, that's how we approach the word. We leave the word or the church and, and we leave for the day and, and we're not doing anything. And right after that, he says this. But, or, or verse number 27, if any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is in vain. What he's saying is this, there's a correlation between time with God's word and controlling your tongue. There's a correlation there. There's a correlation that the more we are in the Word, and we are allowing the Word to get into us. Here's what's amazing about that. You're going to be able to exercise self-control. You're going to be able to control the mouth, the toughest member and the toughest thing that you can tame. You're going to be able to control it. Why? Because of the Word. Not because of you and because of how hard you're trying, but because of the word getting into your life, the engrafted word taking root in your spirit. And when it takes root in your heart, it'll change and give you the ability to control your, your words. Some of us, let's just be honest, we have no control over our mouth. Right? You can be honest. Nobody, nobody's going to judge in here. Okay? Don't look to the person next to you. All right? Listen, we, we all struggle, right? You get mad in traffic. I say some things that I'm ashamed of. I call other cars and the people in them. I don't know them, but I call them names from time to time. And, and I do that or, or possibly something happens in my life that, that, you know, I wasn't prepared for. And I say things that I don't want to say or somebody's mean to you and you kind of spout off. Or how about... You saw something you didn't like, 
and you responded with a critical, judgmental spirit about it. The point is, is this, is that the deeper that we go in Scripture and the more that we have a relationship with the Word of God, the engrafted Word of truth, the perfect law of liberty, James is saying the more we're in there, the more control you're going to have of this. And for some of you, the reason you can't control this is because you're not daily in God's Word, and you might be reading it, you might be hearing it, but if you can't control this, you're not receiving it. So he says here, you're going to be able to exercise self-control with your words and be able to control that. But not only that, he goes on in verse number 27, and he says, if you become a doer of the word, he, he kind of is still piggybacking off that. He says, pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction. So the second thing, if you choose to, to make the Word of God a priority in your life and in your family this year, you're not only going to be able to exercise some self-control over your tongue, but you're going to demonstrate compassion to others. You're going to be led to, to be compassionate to people when you see them in need. You see, Jesus cared for the people that could not help themselves. And for some of us, we're so busy and, and we have no time for anybody else. And so when you see a need, you're like, man, I'm too busy. Too busy. Man, they, they need my help. Nope, too busy. I know that they can't do anything for themselves. Yep, but I'm too busy. I got a lot of things over here. And here's what he's saying is the deeper that we go in the Word of God, the Word of God, when it takes root as a seed in your heart and begins to sprout up, here's what's going to happen. You're going to be able to control your tongue, but you're also going to be desiring to help people. When, when you see a need in our community or a need in our church, you're going to be quick to sign up. You're going to be quick to be a part of. You're going to be quick to try to meet that need and maybe even sacrifice some of your time in order to help somebody else or to serve somebody else. You see, that's what happens when the Word takes root in our heart. It changes us, not from the outside in, but from the inside out. That's why he calls it the engrafted Word. It's a seed that needs to take root in every one of our hearts. You see, the way that I respond outwardly to those in need, it's a reflection of what is happening inside of me. That's what James is trying to say. And then the third thing here at the end of verse 27, he says, okay, if you let the word take root, you're going to exercise self-control. You're going to have control over your tongue. You're going to demonstrate compassion to others. And then he says, you're going to avoid worldliness. He, he says it this way, you're going to keep yourself unspotted from the world. I heard it this way when I was growing up. Sin may keep me from the Bible, or the Bible can keep me from sin. You see, the point is, is that the deeper that we go in receiving God's Word, the deeper that, that we go in not just hearing it, not just being on the, the church seat every single Sunday, right? Right? I want to say pew, but we have chairs, and so I don't want to be specific. And uh, some of you, you're already mad about that, but whatever. And so, um, but here's the point. is like you got, you got your seats, and, and, and you can come here and, and sit every single week. And you're like, man, I'm here. I'm here. And what happens a lot of time is we hear the word, and we don't receive it. We're not receiving what is there 
And he says, listen, if you go all in and you create, uh, eliminate distractions and you're quick to listen, slow to speak, and not get angry at what you read, and all these things, if you do all of those things and you sit down every single day in your personal life and you receive the word of God, here's what's going to happen. Is it's gonna, you're going to find yourself staying unspotted from the world. You're going to find yourself not desiring what the world wants. You're going to find yourself not wanting what the world desires when you are deep into the word. This year, listen, we need to make the word of God a priority. We need to make the word of God a priority. I'll tell you this, as a pastor, it's easy for me because I speak like three times a week. So for me, I'm already in the book, but I'll tell you this, here's where I was convicted a little bit, is sometimes, just to be honest with you, Sometimes I sacrifice my own personal time with God because I look at it like, hey, I'll be in the book so much because I have three sermons to prepare for. So sometimes I'm willing to just say, hey, I can sacrifice some time in my personal life with God's word or with my family in God's word because, I, it's like, man, I'm going to be studying for sermons for the next couple of days, so I'll be fine. And I was convicted that, look, that's not, that's not the case. All of us need every single day a moment to spend time in the Word and allow God. This is how He speaks to us. This is His letter to you. Some of you come to me and you're like, hey, I, I need God's will on something. The Scripture, right? What does God want me to do? The Scripture, it has the answers. Some of you are making career choices or career decisions this year or college decisions this year or whatever kind of decision you have and you come, man, I need some wisdom on this. I'll share everything that I can do, but let me tell you this. The power is not in your pastor to be able to deliver God's Word to you. Here's what it is. The power is in the Word of God. Listen, I want to be filled with the Spirit every time I speak and every time I share something with you, but I'll tell you this, the power is not in me. The power is in the book, and we have access to the book every single day. You want wisdom? The Scripture says, hey, He'll give it to you liberally. He'll dump it, if you would, on you, if you but ask. This year, we need to make the Word of God a priority. I was thinking about this series and, uh, and what we could do, you know, something different. And this whole series, every single week, we're going to have some, some specific, uh, tangible next steps. I, I'm a practical thinker, and so I want to know when I'm sitting in here, okay, how, how do, what I need to do, you know, and things like that. And here's what I'm going to tell you. I, I get it. I've sat in a thousand church services over the years and heard messages like this and left there like, okay, that was really good. Amen. But I have no, no idea what I'm going to do with it. I need a tool. I need something. And as your pastor, I've learned, like, I want to equip you as best I can so that you can live out the Christian abundant life that is offered to you. And so what I'd love to do is, is today, on your way out, you can actually, there's a couple of different things. I thought it'd be good. We've not, not ever done this to my knowledge. Maybe we have. And so, but we haven't done it since I've been here. And uh, I wanted to read the Bible as a church this year together where we can, as a church, throughout the year, uh, many of you probably have never read the Bible through in a year. And, and there's no judgment here. Listen, I didn't do that till after college when I was in the ministry full time, 
okay? So if you're in here and you're just like, man, I've never done that. That's a lofty, lofty goal that I, I just could never, ever achieve. I get it. It, it. I was an adult and everything like that. But listen, what you need is a tool to help you get there, a tool to help you get there. And so I think we have a picture of, of this up on the screen. Um, I, I've, I've, we found a plan. We use this in our school. And this is something that we use in our small groups. And I thought it would be great to be able to implement this as a church so that all of us for the entire year, and I know we're already a week into the year. And so for some of you that are overachievers, you're going to just quickly get caught up. And I'm, I'm with you on that. But here's the thing. It's like if, if you're just like, wow, it's already a lot each and every day. Uh, maybe you just need to finish on January 7th of 2025. I don't know. And so, um, but the point is, is the Bible recap, is an, it's just a, a guide. And if you're already reading the Bible and doing your own thing, that's fine. But I thought it'd be good for us to create a plan so all of us could be reading the Bible together. And what we can do throughout this year is mid-June, hey, here's what we read today. And we can stay up and we can hold one another accountable and we can challenge you throughout the, throughout the whole year. And so the Bible recap is a plan that was already created that we can do that gets us through this entire year so that you can read the Bible in a year. You say, how in the world do we get this? How do, how do we do this? Well, there's a couple different ways. There's an app. And, and so you can download the app, and, uh, and you can find it. It's a bunch of different places. It has its own app, or you can find it on the Bible version Bible app. It's on there as well, and I know that that'll be good. I'm going to send a link to that tomorrow in your inbox so you'll get it so that you can start reading the Bible together. But there's some of you that are already tuning me off because I said the word app, okay? So what we're going to do for, for the rest of you, if you're like, man, I don't want to download an app, I get it, that's fine. And, and so what we're going to do is on the way out at all of the exits, we have them printed with a plan for the whole year, okay, the whole year, so that you can stay up to speed by day throughout the whole year with us. And so we can give every single family is going to get one on their way out today. So you can maybe put it on your fridge, put it on your, uh, your dinner table, wherever you're going to be reading, your living room, wherever that is, I want you to keep it in front of you so that this year we have a guide we have a tool to make the Word of God a priority. If you choose to download the app, here's what I'll tell you, is there's also a, a brief 10-minute devotional each day about what you read. And, and it just maybe will help you a little bit uh, with that. And, and so all I'm saying is this is a, a tool and a guide. Because if you're like me, I grew up in church, remember? And I left here time and time again, and I never followed through on reading the Bible in my own time. Here's why a lot of times. I had no guide. I started with Genesis 1 and just was like, I went. And Genesis is so fun and interesting, and there's all these battle stories and people killing one another and different things. And as a young person, I was like, man, this is great. This is a great movie. Then I got into Exodus, and it was cool. You know, they're coming out of Egypt, and uh, there's plagues and Red Seas parting and everything else. And then I got into Leviticus, and I was like, okay, this is not for me anymore, okay? And that's how I read the Scripture, and then I'd always stop. I'd always stop. This will give you a guide so that we can keep going together and be able to read the Bible together so that here at Union Grove, we can make the word a priority. As your pastor, here's what I want you to know. The power that we want God to demonstrate in our midst, it isn't in me. It's in the word. And so for us, the best thing we can do, the top priority that we can have in our daily schedules is a time 
in God's word. It's the most important thing that you can do. I know you have a thousand things to do. I do as well. My schedule is crazy. My time is limited. But I'll tell you this. If you choose this year to make this a priority and raise it above everything else in your life, you're going to be amazed at what God can do in your life if you'd allow the word to take such deep root in your heart. Can we pray together? Let's do this. Let's just stand. And if you're like me, what if we do this, this first Sunday of the year? And what if, I, I don't know where you're at today, maybe you just, every day you wake up craving God's word and you read 10 chapters a day or something, and, and I hope you do. But if you're like me, you're like, Pastor, I have a long ways to go. This is going to be a challenge. This is going to be hard. Making the word of God a priority is not going to be easy. Listen, my hands are raised right there. If that's you, what if we do this at the beginning of the year? What if church members all over here at Union Grove, what if we gather around the altar here this morning? If you're comfortable and, and if you feel like you can. And what if all of us just pray and, and speak? I'm going to be down front. But what if we pray and say, God, let us Make the word the priority. Whatever's in front of it, let us eliminate or let us drop that on our priority list and let us put the word of God. For some of you dads, this would be a great opportunity. I'm right there with you on this one too. What if we decided, hey, let's stop with some TV, let's stop with some shows, let's stop with uh, scrolling our phone. And what if we get the family together for just a few moments each and every day? We've given you a God, we've given you a tool. Now it's just a matter of who's serious about it. Who's serious about it? And if that's you today and you say, that's what I want. I want the word of God to take root in my heart. What if we just gather down here up front? I'm going to pray. And if that's you and that's your heart's desire, you want the word to be the top priority of your year, then after I pray, I'm going to invite you to come to this altar and commit to God today. Father, Lord, we love you. God, the word is powerful. It's sharp. And God, it is alive. And Lord, we need the word to be a priority in our life above anything else. God, I pray for every family in here. I know they're busy. We live in such a busy culture. And for us, God, I, I, I need to put this above anything else for my family. God, I pray that you would help us speak to our hearts in this invitation time. Let us respond to the word of God and not be hearers, but doers of the word that we have heard here today and let it take deep root into our hearts. For it's in your name we pray. Listen, if God spoke to you and you're like, man, that's me. I want to make it a priority. Maybe you need to come down front and pray and commit to God.